Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. This is praise and worship. That was praise, and now we're going to worship. Come on and let's give God a hand praise. We come to lift him up. The Lord said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. He said, if I be lifted up, and that means you and I to lift him up so everybody can sin. Everybody will know that he is God. Oh, I just want to know if you're with me this morning. Let me give God some praise in Jesus' name. Amen. What a blessing. Let us pray for a moment. Most holy and all-wise God, thank you this morning for our time together. Thank you, Father, that we are ushered into your presence by the music of your people. And we come to give you the glory and all the praise. Oh, gracious God, touch now this your servant. Think with my mind and speak with my mouth that which you want to say to these thy people and bless them in Jesus' name. And Father, those that are with us online, we pray, dear God, they will praise with us. They will worship with us. And we thank you, Lord, this morning in Jesus' name. So, Lord, give us what we need. We love you. We praise you. And we give you all the glory. For it's in that name that's above all names, Jesus, who is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and all the people of God said amen. Amen. Praise God's holy name. As we are standing, our scripture today is Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 9 through 13. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 9 through 13. If you had Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 9, could you say Amen. And prayer that others are turning to it in their Bibles or in their electronic devices. Of Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 9 through 13. The writer writes in verse 9 So Moses wrote down this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And to all the elders of Israel. Then Moses commanded them at the end of every seven years. In the year for canceling debts. During the feast of tabernacles. When all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God. At the place he will choose. You shall read this law before them in their hearing. Assemble the people. Men, women, and children, and the aliens living in your towns, so they can listen and learn to fear the Lord your God and follow carefully all the words of this law. Their children who do not know this law must hear it and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. You may take your seats.
within the topic of this message, which is impacting your world for Christ. The word impact we will use, but we'd also use the word influence. For our use, it means to influence someone with not only God's word, but your Christian witness. Sometimes believers think that, well, they can say a lot of word repeating from Scripture, and that's a change people's mind toward Christ. Unfortunately, oftentimes it actually turns people off. And I wonder why it turns folk off, and maybe you wondered that. It turns them off because your witness does not line up with your word. You see, we can say I'm a child of God all you want to in presence or in the, in the back. But when you step out front and they really see you who you are with the light shining, well, there ought to be some changes. You are impacting, you are influencing, but it's not what God will have us to do. You see, when you begin to read the Word of God, you can not only just read it. The book of James in chapter 1, verse 22 says, do it. In other words, if God said don't steal, then why are you stealing? If God said no shacking, why are you shacking? If God says no lying, then why are you lying? Yeah, I want you to hear what I'm saying because we're talking about how we can influence or impact our world or our community for Christ. Hence, learning to impact or to influence your world for Christ. I've heard it said that all have influence. Yes, we may have all have influence, but to whom will you influence today for the Lord? Whom will you influence right now for the Lord? In the early life of the nation of Israel, there was no written word. God's word was not written yet as we see it today. So at that time, as, as Moses was writing this, there was no word. His word was not written down to guide the people of God. And oftentimes, as I see it today, and it breaks my heart, that the believer don't even come to hear God's word. I don't know what you're living on. You know, it's tough for me to just try to live on breakfast for five days. I, I want some lunch. I want some snacks. And I want some dinner. And I want some more snacks. Yeah, and I took my diabetes medicine. But I still want me a snack. We ought to want some snack from the Lord. We ought to want the whole word from the Lord. And every time we turn around, we ought to get a little snack. People say one apple a day, turn the doctor away. I don't care nothing about that. I care for my snack. You see, we have to learn what God has for us. These folks, they learn by word of mouth, but often forgot what they had heard. I wonder if we will give the church, you online as well, will send you out a, a little piece of paper on Tuesday and says, I want you to write in three sentences what you learned from worship on last Sunday. As a matter of fact, the first question is, what is the topic and where did it come from? Well, I know he said something. Well, uh, it was tough. It was all right. But what did he say? I don't know, but it was good. 
That's not good enough. What is some person that you meet in H-E-B, Walmart, or wherever, and you're having to strike up a conversation, and they want to know what did the Word of God say in your church? Well, I know he preached. Ooh, Lord, he just tore up the church. But what did he say? I don't know, but it was good. We ought not to be ignorant of God's Word. As God spoke the words of the law to guide his people, Moses began writing down the Word so that the people could learn and not forget what was Jehovah's will for their lives. We don't know what Jehovah's will is because we don't study enough. We don't look at God's word enough. If you're coming to Sunday school, you may look at a, a text for Sunday school, and then as soon as you get to worship, you forgot what you had in Sunday school because you didn't read it beforehand. In the text, we have to understand the importance of the written word of, God, of the Lord. Someone once said that even the sharpest mind needs a written reminder. If that is said by somebody, it is absolutely true because we all need a reminder. It reminds that when I go home, I want to look over the word again. It should remind us when you heard the sermon that I know it was good, but I need to turn to it and, and remind myself of what the preacher said. I, I need to put it in my, my, my toolbox and begin to influence and impact somebody for Jesus. The written word of God is a reminder to all to learn the ways of the Lord in order to impact or influence the world around us. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Now, I know that we're, we're not agriculturalists. We're not the, working on no farm. But, you know, amen. I went by a farm one time, amen, and I saw what a yoke was. A yoke is a farm and instrument. Animals, oxen, horses, and mules together to lighten the heavy load. Jesus was simply saying to his audience and to us to yoke yourselves to him and lay down our heavy burdens and weariness of sin and his consequences. We got to yoke up to the Lord. We all not to want to get untied, but, but rather further tied into the Lord. Take the yoke of God on us because he said, My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Now placing yourselves under Jesus' yoke and learning from him, you will find rest for your soul. Too many of us are unrested even right now. You may have had seven hours of sleep last night, but you're not really rested. You're concerned about everything else. Let me tell you, it's going to happen anyway. Just rest in Jesus. Yeah, thing, get on your mind. Yeah, the children or whatever on your mind. Work, folk at work, get on your last nerve and it's already sprayed. But live for the Lord and begin to trust him that you may get up early in the morning and begin to get right for the Lord in that particular day. Where we, the people of God, are to impact, where we are to influence our families, our communities, and our society for Christ, we must learn of him. It's not enough to know his name. It's not enough to know that he's the Savior. It's not enough to know he's the Son of God. But you put it all together because he's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my soon-coming King. I love him and I praise him because he's coming to take me home one day. We need to stop somebody's mind to ask you, I want to know more about this Jesus. You get there with us and let me tell you about a Savior. Somebody might say, well, I want to tell you about a man from Galilee. If you're in trouble, he'll set you free. 
We need to tell people more and influence them more. Since you have his written word, then in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says study to show yourselves approved. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing, cutting straight the word of truth. There's so many folk out there today that are not cutting it straight. They may mention God and what they're saying, but God is not even in what they're talking about. They want to tell you, well, God is good and he won't send nobody to hell. Well, they got that right. You send yourself to hell if you don't get Jesus. So Moses wrote down this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. Moses did not begin writing down God's word in the book of Deuteronomy. He began writing it down in the book of Exodus. And listen to what it says in Exodus 17 and 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered. Dear friends, we need to get God's word and we need to remember it. In the Old Testament, it says we ought to, um, we ought to not only take God's word and remember, we ought to uh, turn it over in our minds. We ought to think about his word and think about what he's saying. Then we ought to apply that which we can to our lives and begin to do the word. It's not so much that people see us, but they want, we want them to see Jesus in us. The Lord says, if I am lifted up, if we lift ourselves up, they'll never see my Savior. We got to lift Jesus up. I don't care if you pastor, preacher, or whatever. If you don't pick up the one on lift up the Lord, you're lifting up yourself. That's a sin before God. Too many people standing by in this pulpit, they want to beat their chest and look at me and all that kind of nonsense. I'm just a servant in the kingdom of God. I just want to lift him up. I want to praise him for what he's done for me. He took me out of sin and turned me around, gave me a new life. And he blesses me every single day. I, if I had to repay God, I would be in a complete deficit. I cannot do it. But what I can do, I can worship his name. I can praise his name. I can give him glory. And I can thank him for all that he's done. Continually, I remember, I want to learn more about my Savior. Some of you just stop learning. This journey is a lifelong learning journey. Every day. Just because you got past Sunday school don't mean you through with worship. We got to keep it going. So he said in Exodus 24, 37, then the Lord said to Moses, write down these words. For in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant. I have made an agreement with you and with Israel. He made a covenant with all of us. The moment you gave your life to Christ, those that have done that, that we are in it with Jesus. We're yoked with the Lord. Why do you wish to be unyoked by this, the enticement of the world? The world is passing away and everything in it, but the people of God, we're still going forward. It's not a mystery that the apostle Paul wrote, study yourself, approve of God. 
A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It has been my experience that many who call themselves believers have not learned nor studied the written word of God. You may have read a passage, but did you begin to think on it? What does it mean? Before you look at it in a commentary, before you look at a dictionary, well, what does God mean? What is he saying? You see, the dictionary and the commentary can't really tell you, but the spirit of the living God can. Why do you think God gave us the Holy Spirit? To illuminate our minds, to help us in our understanding. And he does, and then he can apply it to our lives because he will touch us in a, such a way that we just want to put it in our lives. I want to be more like Jesus. Some of you say that, but you don't really mean it. You want to keep on being more like you. And you're not going to do too good. You need to be in Christ. Some of us can't even, can't even quote portion of Scripture like the 23rd Psalm. I learned it when I was 28 years old, just got saved, and I learned it in Sunday school. And I had to quote it in front of everybody. Yes, I was, I was nervous as being a hurricane out in the wintertime. But I got with it, and I went on from there. Why? I got the, the Bible said, put the word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So if I put God's word in my heart, I'm going to remember it. I'm going to learn from it, and I want to keep on doing what God will have me to do. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. But I got a perfect Savior, and he blesses me. I believe a lack of studying and applying God's word to your lives has resulted in many people abandoning the faith, leaving churches, and sadly leaving God himself. I wonder why you're leaving if he's been so good. I wonder, were you lying or was God lying? The Bible says God does not lie. It don't leave one choice. You lied. If you say you love him, then love him. If you say you're following him, then follow him. Trouble's going to come, but I'm going to tell you, trouble don't last always. While trouble is here, keep on your faith. Keep trusting God. Keep moving forward. I don't care what's happening. Keep on thanking God. You begin to get up and I got up this morning with Jesus on my mind. I just, I just want to praise him like the band. I just want to praise him. I don't care what's going on. I just want to praise him. I just want to praise him. I got him on my mind, and I can't get him off my mind. I love him, and I praise him. You may not have money. You may not have all the things you think you need, but you've got a voice. You've got a heart. You can say, God, I praise you. You don't have to just do it in the church service. You don't do it when you're all by yourself. Matter of fact, while you're driving, I would, I would suggest you pull over to the side of the road and say, Lord, I love you. Matter of fact, that happened to me one time. I had a real bad situation at work. And I was heartbroken. So I decided to call my pastor. I thought he was going to give me some wise counsel. But he said to me, he said, just praise him. I'm going like, what? That's all the theology I'm going to get? He said, just praise him. So I decided to do it. I was pretty young in the faith. And so I'm driving my little sports car, top up. 
And I said, you know, I wasn't used to talking out loud. Y'all may say, oh, Pastor, you, you always, no, no. I, I wasn't, many of y'all, y'all can't pray out loud either. So come on now, give me a break. And so I'm driving real slow. And, and then I began to say, Lord, thank you. I can barely hear myself. Lord, thank you. All them full, I went to the fast, I got it. Lord, thank you. Lord, praise you. And then it got really good to me. So I pulled over, put in park, and me and Jesus had church. Thank you. I know what happened, but you are in charge. I bless you. Lord, I don't know what's going to happen, but I thank you that you woke me up this morning. I thank you that you started me on my way. I thank you. I praise you. Ain't nobody around but me, Jesus, and the angels. I thank you. I've got big alligator tears flowing. I said, but I thank you. I couldn't say anything else. I just said, thank you. Yeah. You start doing things that seem unseemly. Thank you. You've been good. And I've been changed ever since. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I thank him that I'm not going to live there. I thank you that you're taking care of it. Thank you. You see, my friends, folks leaving churches, the Bible declares in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that people are going to depart from the faith. Read it, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. They are departing from the faith. In other words, they are abandoning ship. They're going away. Where can I go without Jesus? What can I do without my Savior? And I love him. They leave. Never has a thought came to my mind that I'm going to leave God. Mm. To whom shall I go, says the apostles. Lord, whom shall I go? I see some of my so-called friends, they leave the church, leave the ministry, this ministry, this church. I wonder where you're going. But all I could do was pray for them. I don't have all the information. I just pray for them. And I just keep moving. Leaving. Abandoning. Departing. And their spiritual influence. If they had any. What about their spiritual influence upon their family? Why do you tell your family you're leaving God and the church? And now what about them? When God gave you a family. So do you men... Men, men, he said, lead the family, the wife and the children. Where's the influence? Too many of y'all want to get around some dosikis. That ain't no influence. It's a different kind. It ain't for Jesus. I don't want it. If I, listen, if drugs and alcohol could get me higher than the Holy Ghost, I don't want it. If I'm high, it's going to be on the Lord. And you know something? I don't have no headache after it either. 
Those people in there have spiritual influence upon their family and friends who do this. That, that influence becomes of no, no lasting consequence. 10 and 11, then Moses commanded them at the end of every seven years, in the year for canceling debts, during the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord, your God at this place, he will choose. You shall read this law before them in their hearing. Take note of verse 11. Each time, year by year, it was a repetition, year by year. Listen, they only came together at that time, year by year, during the Feast of Tabernacles, to hear the word of God. I would be famished if I got to wait year by year. I can't wait week by week. And some people don't care no more. Oh, just look around at some of your friends or your acquaintances. They're not here with you today, and they ain't sick either. They're not at work. It's a holiday weekend. Somebody cruising today. Amen. They on the airplane going somewhere, but it ain't the church. It ain't coming to us. I'm not saying you cannot go do this. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when God is in you that deep, it's God or nothing. I'm just going to go and worship the Lord. I got all after church today to go somewhere. Where am I going to go? I'm going probably seven to eat. That's it. Then I'm going to watch football game. But I remember God's word. He says year by year they came and commanded the Israelites as they came together to hear of God's word. They grew a little stronger. They learned a little bit more about the Lord during those year by year. Did you get that? It's repetition. They kept coming year by year to do the same thing. Let me make a comparison. As we come together week by week, month by month, year by year, the more you hear the word of God, the more you learn and the more you become stronger and the more you become more accustomed to God in your Christian walk with Jesus Christ. It takes more today. We have all kinds of all different versions of Scripture. Some of you love the KJV, you know, King James. Amen. That's all right. God bless you. I pray for you. Some of you like the new King James. I raise my hand. Praise the Lord. Some of you like the NIV, the ESV, and on and on it goes. When y'all going to start reading it? You know that was a setup, right? Y'all wave your head going like, yeah, that's my, that's my version there. Yeah, that's it. I just want to know when you're going to start reading. I want you to know when you come to Bible study and whatever the subject or whoever the teacher is, uh, amen, you, you'll be able to say something that God can bring out of you because you read what God has said and you understood it. And the teacher is sharing and you say, hey, I, I know this is what God said according to what you were talking about and blah, blah, blah. And well, then the church is on fire for Jesus. Amen. Now y'all come to Bible study. I'm just going to make a comparison. Me and Dr. Blocker, we're different. Dr. Blocker is a lecturer. 
And I'm telling you, you don't have time to ask him no question. Because he's not going to give you time. But you're going to be full of things when you get through. Because as he told me the last week, I'm going to have to tell on him, amen. Dr. Blocker said, I got to go pass on a good message. And he didn't ask me no questions. I wrote it all down. Why? Because he's learning too. I come. Yeah, I'm going to talk about y'all. I tell you, every Bible study, I'm open for questions. Y'all ought to be full of questions by now. Because y'all ain't said nothing to me about no questions. In the last three weeks. Ain't nobody had no question. To ask me something. Did Jesus save? Yeah. Oh, glory to God. Am I embarrassing you? Probably. Am I sorry? No. What's my motivation? I want you to learn. I want you to learn more with me. You know, it used to be, i got to say this, and I'll move on. Uh, prior to COVID, I'd have Bible said we'd have a massive folk in here. Great time. And people asking questions. Now, I know one time I was talking to Dr. Richard, and I'm saying, my goodness, I, I got about 15 verses, and I think I got to verse 2. I said, oh, I'm just, I can't wait the next week. Can we go do it again? Why? Because you were learning. You were thinking about what God is saying. You were putting it in your life. It, it doesn't matter if I finish the lesson. That's not important. What matters is that you get the lesson. So in 12 and 13, Moses does this. He says, assemble the people. Y'all listen good. Because in verse 12, we use it for our Sunday school. Assemble the people, men, women, and children, and the aliens living in your towns, so they can listen and learn to fear. And to fear means to be reverence, to honor, and to respect God. They learn to fear the Lord, your God, and follow carefully all the words of this law. Their children who do not know this law must Hear it and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. It's a gathering. You may who the aliens. No, we're not talking about it in an area 51. We're not talking about no aliens from outer space. The word aliens in, in King James or New King James means strangers. People that were visiting you or that just maybe, maybe a neighbor you don't really know, but you invite them to Bible study. That's what aliens means. But you see, God included everybody, men, women, boys and girls, and strangers. You that are with us today, and thank God for you as those who are guessing, who are guests, you're not strangers to me, but you're not strangers to God, but you are guests. And I, I thank God that our guests are here, that when they go somewhere, they'll be able to tell them, this is what the pastor said. This is what the Bible says. And we're talking about this in worship. You see, that's to get the word out and to share the goodness of God. Some places you go, you go like, I'm not telling nobody about this place. I don't want to tell myself about this place. Why? Because it didn't meet your spiritual need. And I'm not, I'm not going to call your favorite people either. Notice, if you will, the impact of, upon those who were gathered to hear the word of God. They were to hear. Not just to hear, but to be a doer of what the word is saying. To obey the word. And to learn and to fear and to reverence God. 
The Apostle Paul said to Timothy in Philippians 4, 9, and there's five things I want you to check on, and you can write it down if you will. Philippians 4, 9, and when I looked at this, I, oh, I just got to write that down. Philippians 4, 9 says this, the things you have heard, he's talking to Timothy, and these are the five things he said, you have heard, learned, he said received, and heard, and seen, and then last he said, and practice these things. In other words, Paul is saying to Timothy, the things you have learned from me from the preaching and the teaching of the word, the things you have received from me, the gospel of Christ, the things you have heard from me, how to be saved, the things you have seen in me, my, my attitude, the way that I live for Christ, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. It is clear from verse 12 and 13 of the text that the Lord wanted to impact. He wanted to influence not only his people, but the stranger who had attached themselves to the native, to the nation Israel. This tells me that God wants you and me to make an impact upon our community. Not just to leave church and don't say nothing to nobody. Have your little cards ready. I was talking to my armor bearer this morning, and he was talking about the, what, what has happened to him. He was talking to someone, and he flipped out his card and said, this is it. And he said, they, they start having church. Why? Because he wants to influence that person. The person may already know Jesus, but they, they got so excited, and they began to fellowship together. Somebody was listening. It could have been E.F. Hutton, but they were listening. He may not know. But somebody listen, that's influencing and impacting because sometimes they're going to go, I heard a couple of fellows talking about that man named Jesus. They're going to tell it. We got to stop being so casual. It comes down to this, beloved friends. How do you impact your community for Christ? How would you impact your family for Christ? How would you impact your friends for Christ? The following is a matter as a starter of how you impact your friends, your family. Worshiping regularly. Worshiping regularly. I know COVID is on. I can see y'all got your mask on, your social distance, and I'm sure you're going to wash your hands. Amen. And they stop you from worshiping God. I saw some of y'all get up and, and some of y'all weren't quite so expressive, but you go, Worshiping God, witnessing often. That's how we do it. Studying diligently in the word, giving sacrificially. Did I mention giving sacrificially? Okay. Serving God with joy, not grief, and training your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. For those of you who are not believers in Christ, you can only impact the world around you against Christ. You can't do it with any positivity in it. Turn it around today by giving your life to Jesus Christ. Some of you may be on the fence. Some of you may be straddling the fence. Some of you think that you are saved, but you are not. I want you to know for sure. I'm, not, I'm being very Ebonic here. I want you to know for sure. Okay, for real. I want you to know for real. That I know Jesus. 
You see, my friend, the Bible declares that it is appointed once since a man to die, and then the judgment. I don't want any of you to get to that point in your life like, yeah, I, I don't know Jesus. And then it's about the end. I want you to know him before you go. Because the lie is today in many places, we'll be praying for you that you get over. Get over what? If you don't get Jesus on this side of the fence, it ain't happening on the other side. About God, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus was a pillar in the community. Somebody may have thought he was saved. He had all kinds of positions and titles, but he was unsaved till he met Jesus. You need to be saved today. Some of you may say, I'll just wait till next week. I'm going to wait till COVID off. COVID be off and you're still unsaved. Why am I so upset about that? I'm not upset. I'm just trying to get you to hear what God wants to happen. My friends, turn that thing around. Respect, re repent of your sins. Receive from him, the Lord Jesus, eternal life. And then you will learn to impact your family and your friends, friends of this world for Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.